open your Bibles to Isaiah chapter 9. Isaiah 9. Anyways, I was, you know, we, can, we got a few spots we can look outside and see. You know, this is definitely a... This, this is definitely a white Christmas. Would you, would you, would you not agree with me on that? You know, uh, special time of the year, busy time of the year. But, you know, this year it seems to be kind of uncertainty. I, I, I don't know if I've ever felt this kind of uncertainty right before Christmas. But, you know, it's not always such a bad thing. Uh, but because I think the, the more trials, and I hate to admit this, but the more trials we face, the more trust we need to have. When we have no trials and everything is going fine and everything is wonderful and perfect, we don't have any need to trust. So we, we really don't trust. We just go about our merry way. But, but not, and I hate trials when they come, but, but you know, the, the, the distressing news we have now, you know, people lose, losing their jobs. Um, you hear about it every day. People losing their homes. You know, I, I've seen, a, you know, a few programs about it. And just it's tragic. It's terrible. And yet, even in all of that, we celebrate. Even in the midst of all that, we still celebrate. What do we celebrate? Why do we celebrate? Because of this event that came to the earth that changed the history of all mankind, that changed this planet we call earth. Nothing else has affected this planet any more than this event that we celebrate at this time of year. How can we ignore it? It's not about the economy, though, you know, I guess it helps the economy. It helps a lot of people in certain businesses. But really, it's, it's about the heart, and it's about the heart of God and about our hearts, that God loved the world. He so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life, the most well-known verse in the Bible. I guess it is about gifts, you know, gifts back and forth. Someone said this, that Christmas is based on an exchange of gifts, the gift of God to man and the gift of man to God when we present ourselves back to Him. It is about gifts. What we're going to look at today, I want to just have a, a short time because I, I don't want to keep you here long today, and I know it's going to be a little difficult to get home, so I want you all to be very, very careful. But Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, a very familiar verse at this time of year, and I just want to look at it again because God's Word is always... Uh, powerful, it's always living, it's always uh, able to reach into our hearts and lives. And I, and I think that we, uh, sometimes because of familiarity, we, we kind of miss a lot. But here in chapter 9, uh, verse 6, it says, For to us a, a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. How could we ignore this for to us? This is prophesied by Isaiah like 700 years before the birth of Christ. 700 years. Other prophecies in Isaiah, we, we want to mention chapter 7 in Isaiah. He talks about the virgin birth. A virgin will be with child. But let's not also forget in Isaiah chapter 52 and 53 that he prophesies about what? The crucifixion. The death that Jesus Christ would pay for our sins. He says, For to us 
a child is born. Of course, uh, originally this, these words are written to the people of Israel, but to be sure, they're also written to you and to me. There's no question about it to us, to you and to me, to us today here in 2008. A child is born, a son is given to us. He's here for us. He's here for you. The question is, do we know it? Have we received him? Have we, have we, have we started and have this relationship with Jesus? To us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. He humbled himself. He became a human. He came as a baby. He came as a child. You know, again, it's prophesied how he would come. He would come of a virgin, as I said. He would come as a child. He would come as Jesus. He fully participated in this human experience, yet without sin. Charles Swindoll said, Emmanuel, God with us, he who resided in heaven, co-equal, co-eternal with the Father and the Spirit, he willingly descended into our world. He breathed our air. He felt our pain. He knew our sorrows and he died for our sins. He didn't come to frighten us, but to show us the way to warmth and safety. To us, a child is born. To you, a child is born. A son is given. God's son, his only begotten son, a gift. A time of gifts. Why? As I said, because he loved the world, because he loved you and he loved me. To us, to you, to me. We celebrate, I know I do, when a child is born. When a son is given, or a daughter, or a grandson, or a granddaughter. I don't know about you, but I celebrate when these things happen. To you. To me, a child is born, a son is given. Do you have that relationship with him? What are you going to do about it? What are you doing about it? Is there something real in your life between you and him? Or is it just like theories? Or is it just things up here in our heads? Just things that we've heard before? Or do we, do we have that relationship with him? says there that the government will be on his shoulders. Now, we're not necessarily talking about earthly governments, are we? In, in some measure, I, I definitely believe he is sovereign over all the governments of the earth. But on another plane, there's a fulfillment, an ultimate fulfillment to come when he will rule and he will reign and, and his kingdom will be uh, everlasting. And, and, and he will, you know, set... The, he will set the tone. He will be completely and fully in charge. But here and now, here and now, we don't necessarily see all that, do we? So the government will be on his shoulders. How does that affect you and me today? What does that have to do with us today? Someone said it like this, that we would be governed by him. That we would be governed by him. Again, these are things that we talk about and we, we read the words and that, but, but is it true? Is it really true that we're governed by Him? That He tells us, we follow His word, we, we follow His scripture, we do as He asks? Whoa. Is it really true that we are governed by Him? That we would trust Him enough 
to be governed by him, to let him be in charge of us. You don't usually let someone be in charge of you unless you trust them, right? You know, if you've raised children, you know, um, they usually say something at some point in time. It usually doesn't take very long for them to come out with these words. You're not the boss of me. Probably around, I think it's around 12 months that they start saying that. <laughs> You're not the boss of me. And, and, you know, because they think they can do it on their own because they don't really trust you. And, and usually in the teenage years, they say it, you know, pretty vehemently. And it's because they don't trust you. They don't think you really know what you're doing, what you're talking about. So... For them to then come to the place where they trust you again, usually it comes back around, I found. Usually it does come back around and they trust you. Oh, I guess he does know a thing or two. <laughs> and they trust you and, they, and then they come and say, hey, dad, hey, mom, like, you know, do you know anything about this? You know, can you give me some help with this? You know, it, it sometimes, you know, takes a long time for them to get back to that place, but, but, but it happens. And if you're maybe in the middle of the teenager thing, you know, just be patient. But it takes trust. And for us to say to him, you know, you, you're not the boss of me. Well, then he's really not our Lord and our Savior. If, if we're saying that to him or if we're acting like that and maybe not saying those words, you're not the boss of me. Have we yielded control to him, to us, to us. A child is born. Gail Irwin said this. I like some of the things he said. He said, actually, his government shows its working in wonderful ways. He says, whenever I see someone who miraculously leaves a life of drugs or alcohol and is restored to his family and work, I can see that he is now governed by God. He said, whenever I see loving Christians gently caring for orphans and those rejected by family, I know I'm watching people governed by God. He said, whenever I see people eagerly learning the Bible and joyously praising, I know who the governor is. Whenever I see people give up lucrative careers simply to go and share the good news of Jesus, I know they are governed by God. When I see pastors carefully teach and lead the flock God has given them, I know they are getting their signals from the great King. When I see people leave family to live and teach in distant lands because they love the people who have not heard, I know they are governed by God, he says. We can be and are by choice governed by God. Hope and joy and peace and rest cover its subjects. Justice, mercy, and grace amazingly coexist. He says, I like this kingdom. The borders are open. Come on in. To be governed by God, the doors open. Unto us, unto you, a child is born, a son is given. Says he'll be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, all these names. Of course, we know him as what? As Jesus. We know him as Jesus, and you read the accounts in Matthew and in Luke, and, and you know, Mary is going to give birth to a son. And the angel says, What? You are to give him the name. Jesus. Jesus is the, the Greek form of what name? Joshua. And, and the word means the Lord saves. 
The Lord saves. You know, His name is Jesus. At the name of Jesus, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that He is Lord. But Billy Sunday said this, there are 256 names given in the Bible for the Lord Jesus Christ, and I suppose this was because He was infinitely beyond all that any one name could express. 256 different names. We know Him as Jesus. But here, we, we see just a few of them listed. A name has to do with what a person is, what a person is all about. And the first one that is mentioned here in, in Isaiah is wonderful, that he's wonderful. He's wonderful to you. He's wonderful to me, to us, to us, to you. He is wonderful. The only way you're going to know that is if you have a relationship with him. It says that he's the counselor. He's the wonderful counselor. He's wonderful, and He's a counselor. He's a wonderful counselor. Do you need counseling? Do you need advice? Jim is available. Right? We have a counselor. There's no appointment necessary. You don't need to wait. He's always in. He's always there. I think some of the most powerful times in my own life is when you know, I was in the middle of some kind of trial or situation. I needed, I needed counsel bad. I needed help bad. And so I would call up the person who I would normally try to reach to get help from. And the line is busy or they don't answer. You get the answering machine, that kind of thing. So then you'd call the next person on your list. Finally, you realize there's no one else that I can call. Oh, maybe I should talk to the Lord about it. Oh, he's the wonderful counselor. And, 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 you know, you can get down on your knees, you can get down on your face and cry out to the one and say, Lord, you read some of the Psalms of David. He says, I messed up. I need help. I need counseling. David needed counseling. I need counseling. You need counseling. Let me tell you, you need counseling. <laughs> you got issues. But he's the wonderful counselor, and he's always there. He can help us with our problems. He can help us get through these situations of life. And I, and I have found after more than 30 years that he is always faithful to answer. He may not answer the way that we want him to. He may not answer exactly when we want him to. But I have found, and, I, and I'm totally convinced of this, that he always, always, always answers. And he always, always, always helps with the situation and gives us the counsel that we need. It is mind-boggling. But if you don't know that, I challenge you to give him an opportunity. Give him a chance in your life. You don't need to talk to everybody else about it. Sometimes, you know, we, we, the, the Proverbs say, you know, in the, you know, the multitude of counselors, there's safety. So we talk to everybody and anybody and then everybody and anybody knows all about us. We're talking to the guy, you know, at the 7-Eleven. Well, you know, I got this problem, man. Oh, yeah. Well, get out of the way. I got the next customer, you know. We're talking to everybody about it, and, and we're not talking to, to Jesus about it. Now, sometimes we talk to him, and then he will provide, and we always should talk to him first. He will provide the answers maybe through uh, a brother or a sister, through a counselor. I'm not against counselors, but we need to know who the primary counselor is. Number one, numero uno. 
The next thing it says here is that he's mighty God. And, and you know, you can do a whole, you could do a whole series, a whole uh, 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 sermon series on the fact that Jesus Christ is God the Son. You know, but we, we just kind of believe it and we take it for granted because we know the Scripture teaches us that He is God the Son. He is God with us. He is God come down, the second person of the Trinity. He has the power. He is mighty. He is God. And, and, and in, this, in this area, we, we just know it. It's, it's truth. It's the truth of God's Word. This is, of course, where so many of uh, the, the cults and, and the false teachers, go, they go off. He's just another man. He's just another teacher. He's just another wise man. He's not just that. He's the mighty God. He's God the Son. And, and the, the more we understand that, the more we just uh, you know, walk in that and, and understand that when we go to Him, he's, he's God the Son. Then we'll believe. Then we'll trust. Then we'll, we'll go to Him with our counseling. The next thing here, it says that he's the everlasting father. And, and you say, well, how can he be the son and be the father? Well, didn't Jesus say anyone who has seen me, what? Has seen the father because he's one with the father. And do we understand that completely and, and totally? Even a little bit. No, I, 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 it's more than I think our human minds can understand. We will one day, I think, as we stand before him, when we all will stand before him one way or another, I think we'll, under, we'll begin to understand something about the Trinity, about the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. But he says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And if I'm working, the Father is working, he says. He brings us, he brings to you and to me the heart of the Father, that God so loved the world. We see the heart. I said in the beginning here that it's about the heart, it is, isn't it? It's not about, you know, economy. It's not about... Uh, what's under the tree. It's about a heart. It's about the heart. It's about your heart and my heart and Jesus showing to us the heart of his Father, this compassion, this love and forgiveness of the everlasting Father. And the last thing here, he says, Prince of Peace. I, You know, when we, we had our, our own dedication here, that the one scripture that, that out of Haggai, you know, that that God would bring peace in this place, that he would fill this place with, with, with peace. And, and it comes through Jesus Christ because he's the Prince of Peace. I don't know how many times in, in my own life, and I'm just being honest with you, how many times I, I find myself completely empty of peace, completely uh, stressed out or freaked out or flipped out, whatever, so far away from any kind of peace. And this is, this is when, you know, we start reaching for the phone, right, or, or trying to make an appointment with so-and-so or whatever. But, but it says here that he, to us, to you and to me, he is the prince of peace. A child is born. A son is given to you and to me, the prince of peace. He gives us, he says, my peace I give to you. His peace, not as the world gives this peace that we so desperately, desperately need, it comes from Him. To us, to you, to me. How do all these things affect us? Again, not just to hear the words, not just to think about them, but, but to, to ask the question then, well, how does that affect me? Does that affect my life in any way? What do I need to do about this? Is there something I need to do? 
Is there a decision I need to make? Is there a commitment I need to make to let him be the governor? Is there a, a, a commitment that I need to make that, that when I am completely out of sorts, that I will go to him for my counseling because he's the mighty God, he's the wonderful counselor. When I have no peace, do I go to him or do I go to some drug or some alcohol or some other kinds of things to try to fill that emptiness, to try to fill that lack of peace? Where do we go? Do we need to do anything? Do we need to make a decision? Now what? I hope you take that to heart. I hope you think about that as I have been thinking about this for myself. Each one of us has this relationship with God through Jesus. Is it real? Is the question. Let's pray together, shall we? Our gracious Heavenly Father, we... We thank you for your word that 700 years before you sent your son, you had planned. In fact, before the foundations of the earth, you had planned to send your son to be the savior of the world, to be all these things and so much more to each one of us. This, this, this son, this child that came, that changed the face of the earth, that changed the planet, and that has changed so many countless lives throughout history. Father, we pray that, that you would let him uh, work in our lives to change us through his mighty power, through his counsel, through his peace. This child, this son, this mighty God. We surrender. We, we uh, Lord, we're tired sometimes of just being kind of plastic and, and just on the surface, Lord. Let it be real. Father, work in us. Break away those things that keep us from the reality of walking with your son, Jesus. Father, maybe some of us need prayer this morning, and, and as we come for prayer, uh, and you, you meet with us here, Lord, I pray. I pray you'd meet with us. As we're in our, our prayer closets, as we're in our uh, houses by ourselves, and we find a quiet spot and we cry out to you, and Lord, hear us, I pray. You are the mighty God. Jesus, we acknowledge you as Lord, that every, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that you are Lord, and we confess it now, Lord that we might be yours forever, for eternity. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.